Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. Oh, man. Y'all are in for one good episode. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. I don't know if the excitement can get me to say yo today, so Colts fam, what's popping? Oh man, look, let, let, let's just let's just get right into it. The Colts they tied with the Texans. I guess we technically ended our Week One losing streak, ah. but not in the way I wanted it to go. Right? Yeah. I mean, last time we won a week one game was when Andrew Luck was under center. The tie was really anticlimactic. Ugh, a lot to unpack here, Jamal. Let, let's just get started, Jamal. What, what what should we break down first? I guess we can start with the offense. Why not? Why, why not start with them? And let's get it. We'll start off on a positive note, man. We'll talk about the good we saw. Uh, you know, 500-plus yards of offense throughout the entire game. I mean, that's that's to see that we, you know, we're very heavy with the ball, so I like to see that. Uh, the biggest thing that I enjoyed watching was JT, man. We can clearly see he has not skipped a beat. Didn't hurt him one bit mm. missing this offseason, or excuse me, the preseason. The only thing I think that was kind of, I shouldn't say fun to watch, but interesting to see was you could tell he just hadn't taken a hit in a while because his first five or six carries, he was kind of soft. But as he remembered what, the, what that feels like, he started running people over, and then he started breaking them eight, nine, ten-yard boys like it was nothing. So another solid day. Broke his rushing that he had for the last two games. I think what last two games before that, he was averaging 145. He got well over 150, maybe 160, I believe, he had over. Uh, so didn't skip a beat one bit. Michael Pittman Jr., consistent for us, was able to get out and create some separation when it was needed. Um, so I really liked seeing him out there. But honestly, man, those two are the only two I really saw doing anything that really impressed me the entire time on offense. Watch you. Look, Jonathan Taylor, we fed him the ball so much for limiting his carries mm-hmm. and touches, right? I mean, <laughs> he, had, he had 35 touches because he had 31 carries. Uh, no, he, I would say he had more, but uh, four. Yeah, 35 touches, four receptions. Um, he was he was solid throughout. Five point two yards per carry. Gotta love JT. You know, like he said, one hundred sixty one yards. Michael Pittman Jr. Another bright spot on our offense. I, I knew during training camp, during the preseason, that that connection with Michael Pittman Jr. and Matt Ryan were going to be great. You know, thirteen targets right there, uh, nine catches, one hundred twenty one yards, and a touchdown. I mean. Michael Pittman Jr. looked like the wide receiver one we all believed in. So I have I have no quarrels there. Naheem Hines, I I, I still liked. Yeah. Um he only had three carries out the backfield, but like you said, like everyone said, they were gonna start using him in the slot, makes make use of him as a receiver more. He had six catches for fifty yards. I like it. I really like it. <sighs> but yeah, it's it's hard. The, those were the standouts to me. Um, 
some other players were were okay, but you know that 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 was really it. And Jamal, I don't I don't know if you want to start with Matt Ryan, but how did you feel about his play? Uh, well, I think the only thing that was impressive out of his play was to me was the fourth quarter because he finally started spreading the ball out. Matt Ryan looked one dimensional the entire game, man. We only had two options: hand the ball to JT or throw the ball to Pittman. And it was just, it was scary. I mean, we came out heavy. We came out heavy on JT. I'm not mad about that because I have preached since day one, run the damn ball, let Jonathan Taylor get his carry. So first drive up, we had that first run. Uh, Then we had a pass. We checked down straight to JT. And then we had another run to JT. So that first drive was a three and out. Um, So he was a part of it, all three plays. But Matt Ryan, overall, his first half, I think he went 14 of 19. Not a terrible statistic-wise, but gameplay-wise was just not good. Um, it was kind of all over the place. Like I said, it was just force-feeding the ball either to Jonathan Taylor or trying to get it to Pittman. So I didn't really I didn't really enjoy that because I don't know whether or not he was afraid to target other receivers. I mean, we, we can't we can't not address the fact. I know we'll go into this a little bit later when we talk about Alec Pierce, but his touchdown drop... I know that that can definitely put some doubt in a quarterback's mind whenever we see a player drop a pass. But with that being said, a vet like Matt Ryan has to know that you're dealing with the rookies. So these things are going to happen. They're nerves. You know, I, I get that. Um, and we'll kind of go into detail a little bit more on that. But I kind of feel like he just banished all the other receivers in the first half. It was just the the Michael Pittman show and the Jonathan Taylor show. So uh, overall, I, I, I just wasn't terribly impressed with it and I really really go back to what I've said here in the past about just the bland play calls we have from the beginning and even the the preseason thing I I don't know if we have the connection with the other receivers like we thought we would have because we only saw those guys play for you know basically a couple quarters of the entire preseason so I know it's the first game, but I think the the way you start to set the tempo for the beginning of the season shows a lot. So that's kind of just a little quick breakdown of Matt Ryan for me. I yeah, I did not think Matt Ryan was on point this game. I mean, just to point it out, you you saw how many fumbles he had. Yeah, four fumbles, man. Just when he, <laughs> yeah, just when he snapped the ball, like mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. like what what is a veteran quarterback doing? that he's fumbling snaps like that. Like, what's going on? Is his nerves just shaky? What, what I, I'm so confused. That, you know, it happens once, you know, human error, but that, that happened way too much. And I don't want to put everything on Matt Ryan, but, I mean, he was trying to fit it in some tight windows. You know, our receivers definitely had some drops. Alec Pierce, my goodness. When I saw that touchdown pass that was dropped, yeah, I – I knew it was over. It was just going to be a long day for us right there because, wow. And then our fourth and goal play. I, Jesus, I guess I'm just talking play. about every. Yeah, I'm just talking about everything. No, well, or it, it was one where oh, before the wildcat we, play, yeah, it, it, split back shotgun formation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, fake it, fake it to Taylor, give it to Hines, trying to be too too flashy. Just end up getting blown up, and we don't, you know, we're not able to convert. Uh, but yeah, Matt Ryan looked very conservative at times, which I thought was a good thing, but it just didn't seem like it. I mean, he's averaging seven yards per attempt. 
then our offensive line, I just think it was getting blown up, especially at the beginning of the game. Like Braden Smith, Frank Wright was saying he was one of the best right tackles in the NFL. It did not look like that. I mean, he was getting beat off the edge a couple of times, and those couple of times led, you know, one was a strip sack. It just, oh, man, I think we could derail this offense all day. Let, let me stop yeah. talking, Jamal. It's just no, been, you're, you're it's right. It's been a day for the Colts. You're right. You're right. You ain't lying, man. I mean, it was just horrendous. The, the offensive line was just terrible when it came to the run blocking. I mean, it was just not there. Um, looks sloppy. I feel like I will say of, they got better in the second oh, yeah. half. Oh, for sure, for sure. They turned it up in the second half. But I think that was. But again, man, that came from that play behind mentality where now you got to bust your ass because you're so far behind that you got to get it together versus just starting off sloppy and starting off just kind of complacent to what's going on because you get up a quick lead and then it's just kind of coasting through and all of a sudden you're like, uh oh. We got to get it together. Yes, Jay, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, I saw Matt Ryan on the sideline kind of talking to them the entire time, trying to keep people hyped up. So I'm not going to not say that he wasn't trying and that I'm sure that helped out. And I'm sure Jonathan Taylor's positive attitude helped out as well because, you know, he's not the type to get on the – he's probably not going to yell at his lineman and say, man, y'all suck X, Y, Z. He's going to be like, you know, hey, guys, let's just – let's figure it out. Let's get it together, et cetera, et cetera. So they definitely stepped up in the second half. But the first half was just horrendous. I mean, it was just bad. Um, I, I I just really didn't didn't understand what was going on. Uh, like you like you talk about that fourth and goal. I thought it was terrible, uh, horrible play call. I mean, when we're on the two yard line, we can either a just give it to JT like we know we need to, or b run the play action. I mean, at some points of the game, we ran the ball consistently eight nine yard or eight nine times in a row. And by this point, we know they're committed. We know they're committed to to crowding the box. Why not run a play action? No, we run the ball again, or we do something silly. Mm. We fumble a snap, something that just you know completely throws us off the rails. And now we're back to square one. And and again, going back, we do all the hard work of driving, try to hit Alec Pierce for that touchdown. I mean, smacked him smack dab in the hands. And again, I I, I guess it's just the it I rookie you know just nervousness I don't know you gotta wipe that stuff off and get back to it but overall man I just kind of felt like we came out there with a similar confidence that we did it against Jacksonville we thought it was gonna be an easy game a quick cakewalk and someone else came out ready to play we know Lovey Smith is a defensive mind I mean he did it did it with Illinois he did it with the Bears he you know he's he's been around the league for forever and I mean Jesus Christ dude I feel like he was just he had all his aces in his places, so I don't. And, and I mean, when we look at our when we look at our stats. We see five hundred plus yards total for offense. It's hard to say. Well, is his defense that good? No, <laughs> because they gave up five hundred yards in the game. We just found a way to just massacre the entire every single drive we got. We just figured out a way, and that's why I'm not so hyped when everybody's saying, "Oh, well, look at the first half stats or look at the total game stats." Yeah, but we had three points from quarter one to quarter four, three points. So I don't care that JT had 160 yards. I don't care that Matt Ryan threw for 300 plus yards. That doesn't matter when you cannot convert a third and two or, or fourth and goal or anything of that sort that none of those stats matter. We're not stat padding that, that that doesn't help us out here. That doesn't get a W in the win in the column for us. So I don't know. It was just, 
it was just super frustrating and sticking to see. <laughs> we were two and five in the red zone. Oh, we 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 got to get all these these points. I mean, if we count field goals, we left six points worth of field goals in the red zone. If we count touchdowns, we just left um, eight or uh, eighteen Talk points. Eighteen points without the extra points. Mm. So, uh, we we I mean that's that's easy wins right there. That that could have that would have changed the entire momentum of the game. So it was it was rough. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. Look, the Texans they they came out today. They showed up. I'm not gonna lie. They surprised me. Uh, I I won't say their defense is amazing. They, they did give up 517 yards, and we finally figured it out in the second half when we were down, you know, 17 points. Just give the ball to our primary playmakers, Jonathan Taylor. I, I remember one drive we just kept feeding him the rock, and we were getting first down after first down. That's the Jonathan Taylor I like to see. That's the run blocking I like to see. Oh, and by the way, we did make a change in the offensive line in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be this soon. Mm -hmm. But we'll see if that keeps up. Bernard Raymond, shout out out Bernard Raymond. Shout out Big Q for the contract extension. Absolutely. We haven't potted since then. Uh, Shout out Quinn Nelson getting that big contract extension. But anyway, back to the Colts. I think there's so much blame to just – to just go around. I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong. And I we haven't even touched our defense yet. And I'm not going to beat them down as hard as our offense. But, geez, it, it was a wild day. And I, I can't believe this ended in a tie. I, I just – I really can't. Yeah, I can't either, man. It's sickening just to think about. And I, I know we're – I know later we're going to kind of talk about our thoughts and everything. But I just – while we're still on the topic of offense, I gotta mention, I gotta mention Frank Reich, man. It's just there's nothing more on this earth that grinds my gears than when there is like, and I know it's it's just his his natural, I don't know, poise, if you want to say. But dude, I swear to you, he shows zero emotion on the sideline. We're up big, we're down big, even kill game, just a straight blank face, straight blank stare. And I don't know whether or not he's just like that focused into the game to where he doesn't like, I don't know. I I guess whenever you do a sideline shot to me and I see we're down by 17 points against a team that we are favorites, seven and a half and, and the over was popping and everything, I mean, everything was just supposed to be up, 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 up. And I just see like a blank stare off into the distance. Like, all right, here's the next play. Like that, that bugs me, man. That freaking bugs me. (laughs) None other. Because I, I just think, I don't know whether or not we are who we think we are. I I, I mean, I, I, there's no way Chris Ballard can think that his wide receiving core is who he said he, they were all offseason because that wasn't there. Um, I mean, I like to think that Matt Ryan, like you said, maybe first game jitters in a new setting and all of that good stuff. I, I understand that. But you're playing against one of, well, last year, one of the worst teams in the league, like, Brush that off, dog. You've been to a Super Bowl. You've been you've been in the league. Have MVP. Like you're you you're you're wanting to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, dog. You gotta brush you gotta brush that off. We gotta come out here ready to ready to play each and every down. So I just think as in a whole, the coaching staff for, or leadership as a whole, man, they have to go back and, and reevaluate what's going on because at some point you have to ask yourself, man. You gotta ask yourself. 
is it the players or is it the coaches? Because, and again, I'm not, I, and I'm sure we'll go into this later on during the season, but this, cause it's only game one, but this is like the third or fourth year where we're seeing the same, the same start where it's just, we have a new, Oh, new, new players, new systems, new, this new that, but the same result. So if you keep, if you keep churning out more and more players, whether they're big, small, doesn't, you know, uh, superstar or non-superstar, but we're not getting the results. Is it the players? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, to me, it can't be. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. I, Again, I think blame goes around everywhere. I mean, play calling, we we can blame that, but I, I don't know if anyone is safe besides Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman on this offense because yeah. Matt Ryan just did not look on point for the first half. Some of our receivers were dropping some things. It I, I did like Mike Strawn. He had two catches for 36 mm-hmm. yards. They did look good. He can't. He came out. He came out popping. Even Mo Ali Cox was getting some tough first downs. I like that. He showed up in the second half. But yeah, it 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 was a rough. It was a rough outing, and we got to get it all together because I <laughs> I will not watch another game where we tie with the Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah, I that know. Just will, but we we didn't even talk about. The Texans, I mean, they were throwing flea flickers on mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I mean, David, Davis Mills did, like, he was on point some drives, but there was a lot of throws where he was bad. Yeah. The Texans should have won this game, and I'm going to tell you guys that right now. The Texans should have won this game, and they could have definitely won this game. I mean, Davis Mills did, did not look like a great quarterback. I saw one play where he just stared Rex Burkhead down the entire play. Still completed it. Still completed that pass to Rex Burkhead for like 10 yards. I don't know how that happened. Like We got to be able to pick up on these reads. Like Davis Mills ain't going to be doing no look, no look passes like Patrick Mahomes or Matthew Stafford. Like This is a quarterback we can shut down. I'm just going to kind of go to our defense. Did you see our defense? I mean, even our defensive stars, our star talent, I we weren't really making giant plays. And... I think we were really missing Shaquille Leonard, Jamal. Like it, it was definitely evident. Yep, you're 100 percent right. Besides that, that nasty hit by EJ Speed, which that was that was that was a great hit. That great strip hit. sack. Yes, woo, that thing was nice. But that's the energy oh, yeah. we needed all game. But you were 100 percent right. Our our cornerback co- coverage was so soft. I mean, Kenny Moore. Besides that, defensive pass interference. You know, whatever. But a lot of soft coverage on there. Gilly Lock, Ooh. a lot of soft coverage on there. I mean, we got lucky, like, that they were having a couple of drops that, you know, that um, Texans just dropped a couple of wide open passes because 
it, it like you mentioned, it could have been worse. I mean, I think I saw two or three that were just straight in their hands, and they just they just dropped the ball. But there was no one around. Davis so we, Mills was he was overthrowing everybody yeah, too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it was a scary sight. I definitely think without having Shaq in there, it made it made a huge difference. Um, we missed his presence. I, I and it was interesting because I felt like during the preseason I was gung ho about not really worrying about him, but I definitely think that we are going to need him back ASAP and not saying that he needs to be in every single play, but it's the aura he brings. There's a difference when you're on the sideline and when you're on the field, like you, you keep that momentum going, you know, he kind of sets the tempo. So I definitely am looking forward to having him back out there. Speaking of Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore is supposed to be playing for a contract and he had two defensive pass interference. Talk that talk. And uh, we we can say the first one was maybe a little bit of bullshit. I don't know. That could have been called either way. We all know the offensive player is favored in that situation, so there was a lot of contact. I would say probably a bad call, but then the second one, it's just like, damn, Kenny. So he was getting he was getting bumped around a lot. And Stephon Gilmore, I think he played okay. Uh, just nothing great from him. He almost. I thought he had a pick near the end of the game where the ball I they said so too. yeah touched the turf. Yeah, I thought he had a pick and it really looked like it, but it, it it's whatever. Should have been an interception. Um, EJ Speed, great strip sack. I saw that. That was that that was that was amazing. Um, I think it was covered by DeForest Buckner. Yep. This D line though. We did not see this pass rush until the end of the game. All of the the Colts did not start clicking until the end of the game. Why is that? I I don't really understand. Like Quiddy Pay was amazing in OT. He had two sacks, two, and <laughs> I mean he stepped up. I I think our D line just in general started stepping up near mm-hmm. the end of the game. I I, I don't know. Like their their offensive line isn't that great. Like outside of Laramie Tunsil, and so I I don't know what was going on. Yeah, I don't know either, man. And that's what I was talking about, even on the offensive side as well. It was just straight lagging from the beginning until they were like, "Oh shit, we're in trouble. We got we should be winning this game. We shouldn't. They shouldn't be beating us like this." And all of a sudden, everyone started clicking. Defense was just looking a lot better. Offense was definitely looking great. And then, like you said, once we got to overtime, I mean, it was like, eh, if we would have had this team playing from the from the first half of the game, then the tables would have been turned and we could have been on cruise control the entire rest of the yep. game. Yet we were then having to go pedal to the metal the entire time, and it just looked bad. I mean, it was it was a bad look. And that's why I hate when this kind of stuff happens because I feel like so much of the bad stuff will get overshadowed for the simple fact that all of a sudden we came back, got to OT, and went out with a tie. So people are going to look at the back half of the game and be like, oh, well, again, look at this nook, look at the numbers, 500-plus yards on offense. Uh, the defense got the strip sack. We had the two we had the two sacks, so you know, th- three or four sacks total in the game. None of that matters because it should have been happening all game long. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I, when I just think of that stuff, I just read and I – other people's comments and kind of how they talk about 
well, you know, these things happen. We got to get ready for game two and all that. But when we look past all the stuff, this is why the problems continue to reoccur because we haven't addressed them from the beginning. You have to understand why this happened. We have to understand why defense finally got the stop on on the on uh, the Texans what two yard line on, on their own two yard line, and then we got a rough in the we got running into the kicker. Like how does this happen? How does you when we are when we have them backed net, up like that? Yeah. No one should be rushing. <laughs> just let them kick the ball. And it's, it's just that small stuff, bro. Exactly. We, we shot ourselves in the foot. And you know they were things, trying to make the play. I mm-hmm. I hate I hate I hated that. I yep. I really did. Yep. No, exactly. Seven seven penalties for eighty nine yards. So the whole length of the you know, or three quarters length of the field over over three quarters length of the field. It's crazy. Time of possession, we had the ball for thirty nine minutes and thirty seven seconds. Still couldn't get the job done. I mean dude, it's just it's sixty minutes in the game. We had the ball for over fifty percent of the time. Still couldn't figure it out. We can't throw up over 500 yards total and not win the game. That makes no sense to me. We have to capitalize on opportunities. And it kind of goes down to to play calling like why why couldn't we get points on these on on all of these scoring drives or potential scoring drives? It it was it was absolutely insane. Like in hindsight, we could have taken that field goal on fourth and goal. Just gone out by three. Get those three free points. Call it a day. But instead, we do some shafty play call, and it just it maybe it would have made Frank Wright look like a genius if it worked out, but it didn't, and it makes him look bad. Instead, yep. of, it's just like, oh, you have the best running back in the game. Why don't you just give him the ball and let him get those two yards? Yep, yep. It's but Jamal, we haven't even. Oh, go ahead. I'll let oh, you no, finish. no, no. I was just gonna say it's just it's just frustrating. I I think sometimes I don't know because I, I I like to see. I wish I could kind of get an understanding of the analytics and stuff they talk about because I know that so often they just talk about how well this is why I make this decision because the numbers say we should do this. But sometimes you have to use logic with this stuff, man. Is it best? Is it your best move to take a route that you know probably isn't the safest route to take? No, you go with what you know. The numbers can say all day long that we need to do a rollout, new play action, X, Y, Z, whatever the case is. But you know that you have that workhorse, Jonathan Taylor, the best back in the league, who proved it again today by having, I think, the highest rushing out of any running back. Because, I mean, Nick Chubb had a great day. But even he wasn't up there with him. Um, let him get the ball. Let mm. him do what he does. But go ahead. What were we going to talk about? Well, I just thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, OJ Howard got two touchdowns on us and yeah. it's because I I'm starting to question I couldn't tell if it was it was all on Bobby Okereke or just our zone defense we were we were playing at that point but I mean Bobby Okereke fell for the play action and he just kind of sat there like a statue on the second OJ Howard touchdown so I, I don't know what happened there, but there was definitely some miscommunication. O.J. Howard just went down the seam, got a, another free touchdown on us. But, yeah, I, I think our defense was doing okay at one point. Our offense, bad at one point, got way better. It I don't know. It it was such a weird game. But I, I we didn't even get to the elephant in the room because yeah. I didn't want to start with him. 
because he he's going to get most of the blame and rightfully so because it was crunch time. Rodrigo Blankenship mm-hmm. should have hit that field goal, that 42-yarder, and he shouldn't have kicked it out of bounds twice. Twice. But, yeah, nonetheless, you got to make the game-winning field goal. I mean, th- <laughs> you just won the kicking position over Jake Verity. You were so solid in training camp, and then it just whiffs straight right. I mean, it was straight. Yep. <laughs> garbage yep oh and and frank reich already said in the interview you know oh he's frank's quote taking the blame for it or whatever the case is and you know he was just talking about how it's not it's not really Blankenship's fault etc cetera, etc cetera. but you're 100 percent right eric like you said you gotta hit that i mean you're a kicker in the national football league like you, you got that's your job. You got to hit those. And again, the entire game itself was a shit show. So I'm not gonna sit here and say that, you know, Blankenship is the the you know root to all evil. But when it, like you said, in crunch time, you got to hit that. And we there's a, always a possibility we wouldn't be in those situations had we not kicked the ball out of bounds on two kickoffs. So we have to always remember that as well. These things kind of all play in mm-hmm. hand. So that's an extra 15 yards on the touchback just for free. Just, just for free. You want to kick it out of bounds. Yeah. My goodness. It was, that was, that was rough, man. And again, a 42 yarder, that's a chip shot. You should be able to get that as a, as an NFL kicker. You should be able to get that. And especially, especially when we talk about how we said all preseason, he doesn't have the power, but he has the accuracy. So a 45 yarder or 42 yarder, we know he doesn't need that much power as a kicker. So the actually, you just gotta focus right there, buckle down, get this thing out, win the game, and it's over. But I think what killed me before before he even made that kick was the last play where, where we did the play action, and Matt Ryan kind of rolled out and got sacked, and we lost like three yards. Now I know that three yards wouldn't have made a difference for Blankenship's field goal because it would have still been way wide, right? But you still kind of question. Yeah. I think it was third and two or whatever the case is. And we're running the play action again when our workhorse has just ran for four straight runs of 10 to 12 yards. Not sure why we didn't give it to him. Let him try to position the ball to the right hash if that's where Blankenship wants it. Let JT do it because there's the off chance he can break a tackle. He can, he can, do, there's any, I mean, there's a hundred possibilities, but Reich said that he felt, he felt confident running the play action because we ran it earlier and it worked. And I'm like, mm, but again, you put your aces in their places when it's when it's time. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I could sit here and critique it all day long. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you love running? Do you dream of running on a forested trail or a crowded road race? Martha Runs the World podcast is the place for you. We are about running for runners. We bring you running wisdom and inspiring stories every week. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. We could. And, I mean, over time, just that, just our defensive outing, like, you know, I just talked about Quiddy Pay. Two straight sacks. I mean, he carried that whole three and out. He and calls they, they they were in a flux, just 
false starts. They were having penalties all over the place. Like inexperience started to show for the Texans. And I loved it. And then we get the ball. We start driving it down. Like Matt Ryan had a great scramble. Paris Campbell had a first down. And then we start fumbling snaps. Um, like you were talking about, it fell on it. Uh, it was just uh, Jonathan Taylor. I don't want to come at him, but I think instead of him going on out of bounds on that third down play, he should have kept going forward because we had two timeouts. We could have got the first down ran some more plays but instead i think he he you know his iq his football iq was thinking uh, let's just run it out of bounds stop the clock so i can't fault him for that but blankenship i mean that that thing wasn't it don't matter if that was a 32 yarder that thing was going wide right yeah in the first place yeah and he could have been the hero the fucking hero this game if he would have hit that because he would have been perfect but instead he missed it and now we're looking at more kickers because that just what just kicking it out of bounds twice is unacceptable and then missing the game winning manageable field goal is unacceptable and it sucks and i don't want to put the blame on all of him but he 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 has to make those kicks like that that's what he comes into the game for that that's all he has to do he, mm-hmm. he's out there for like four plays yep yep simple simple as that you have to make that and and like you said, with not just putting the blame on him, I just almost feel like there's no accountability with anyone on our team. If offense is having a bad one, it's kind of just swept under the rug. Defense having a bad one is kind of swept under the rug. Blaine Chip having a bad one is kind of swept under the rug. Like I, I always just feel like Frank Wright just kind kind of absorbs the a little bit of the heaviest, but then we kind of just sweep everything else out. And honestly, again, I. I don't know. I, I, Jim Mercy is a great person, great guy. The concert was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, it was a good time to get out there. But sometimes I wonder, man, like how how into the the organization is he? Because when I just think of some of the other owners in the league, I just look at like the, I mean, just some of the other coaches who they they didn't have a shot. They went two years and they were done. And they were had a you know a 500 record or maybe a little bit below or a little bit higher two three years though, and they got them out of there. And I just always feel like we keep finding these passive ways to just let Frank keep doing. Oh well, you know it's it's because we have a new quarterback. Oh well, it's because of this. Oh well, it's because of that. We'll figure it out. Like I, I just feel like because there's never been a flame under Reich, he has no reason to change his ways. If 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 your owner is not, I mean, um, Ursa even said even on that on their when he met them after the plane ride back in Jacksonville that night after that loss last year that he didn't have plans on firing them. He he wanted he wanted to have a conversation. Well, clearly they realized that because you didn't strike any fear in anybody. <laughs> like they came out and have done the same thing. And you you gotta you gotta put that fear. You gotta let people know that they are like disposable. And I'm not saying that Reich deserves to be fired just based off of this but what i am saying is if he doesn't feel the heat or the pressure or Ballard doesn't feel the heat or the pressure then it this none of this means anything because it's going to be another mediocre nine and eight season missed the playoffs oh we'll get him next year tiger don't worry about it like no it doesn't work like that <laughs> it doesn't work like that i mean any other owner in the league is you? I mean, you would think that they would be sitting there questioning, "Hey, what's what's going on right now, man? This is this is reminiscence of exactly what happened last year." So, 
I'll be curious to see if there's anything, any new news pops out here or kind of what the, what the deal is. But I just, I know Jim Irsay and know he's a good guy. He cares about everybody, but dude, we gotta, we gotta remember this is a business at the end of the day. Like it's, it's, it's a business. Sounds like your confidence level is pretty low right now going into week two. Yes. Yes. I'm scared to go to Jacksonville next week. Oh yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I am terrified to go there. There's there, there's some bright spots here right now because we are still tied for first place with the Texans. Yeah, we'll take that <laughs> in our division. <laughs> wow, what a <laughs> shit show! No, there are also, no dubs in our division right now. Do you know how crazy that is? The AFC man. South has no wins, and it doesn't make it any better that the 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 Titans game they should have won it, but of course they lost in that field goal at the last second, so the Giants end up winning. And then I look at the the Jaguars game; they took an L to the Commanders, where Carson Wentz balled out all game. So I'm like, well, that makes me feel real good about everything. So, like you said, the zero dubs in our in our division is rough. Yeah, I don't, I I don't want to talk Carson Wentz right now. I know. A lot of Colts fans, a lot of agitated Colts fans right now are, are saying, should should we have kept Carson Wentz? I don't even want to go down that path right now. That is, we are not overreacting like that. The Commanders did get a win. We are, so even though we lost technically, I, I, I would consider a tie loss to me. I mean, that especially to the Texans. I am sick to my stomach Yeah, that we have a tie. But we're t- it, technically week two is our our week one because everybody mm-hmm. lost <laughs> like essentially yeah. in our division. <laughs> and the easiest the easiest way for us to get to the playoffs is by winning the AFC South. Do not forget that Colts Nation. That is the one way, probably the only way, based off week one, that we are going to get to the playoffs. And that's all we have to do once we get to the playoffs, game by game, play our best football. Then, but right now. Boy, I, I that the week one curse for us, boy, it lives on. It's still there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's definitely still there. And I, I don't know, man. I just feel like I can go. I can say this all day long, bro. But I just feel like we would not be successful unless we come out a hundred and ten miles an hour every single game. Like we got to there, we we can't we cannot be satisfied with a three zero start and you know, starting off the game with a field goal and then doing nothing else until the fourth quarter. That's that's just not acceptable. We got to do it because I guarantee the Jaguars can come out hundred miles an hour. I damn sure don't want to go go against the Chiefs after watching Mahomes put up five touchdowns today against Yo. the Cardinals. Like I'm terrified of that. Yo. So Yo, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, talk to him because <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> My goodness, Mahomes just threw five touchdowns on the Cardinals for 360 yards. They put up 44 points on them. Like, if we lose to Jacksonville and then gotta come home to the Chiefs, yeah, that's not I don't a good start. Be home, to like, no. I, <laughs> no. Oh, My so, goodness, it, I don't know, it is man. scary right now. In Indianapolis, I this was one of the weirdest football games. I, I we should have got a win. It, it's yeah. bad that we didn't get a win. Yeah, and Ugh. you know, and, and and Colts fans, we just you know, just want to remind you. Of course, like we love the team, we want them to be successful. 
it's just one of those things where it's a confidence thing. If you start off 0-0-1 and then you go to Jacksonville and we start 0-1-1, then you have to you have to come home to the Chiefs. It's hard. It's hard to come out with a positive attitude and a positive mantra when you know you're about to go into a rough game. I think it'll still be even hard coming out. Even even if we go down to Jacksonville and win, we come out 1-0-1. We still have a hot Kansas City, you know, I mean, we can see next week if this was a fluke win for them, you know, maybe they're not really that good, they just, the Cardinals played bad, but it's just a... Ain't no fluke. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I just don't, try to make it a little don't better, Don't be giving false hope to Colts Nation, yeah, Patrick yeah, Mahomes, I, the real deal, he is. is not overrated, No, let's keep it rolling, finish <laughs> your thoughts, Jamal. Only only thing I was gonna say though was just seriously it's 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 hard you you gotta come out with confidence and how can you come out with confidence when we're struggling against the Texans we're struggling against the Texans and we know what it's like going to Jacksonville we know they just dropped twenty two points so if we were to look at our scores they would have beat us today twenty two to twenty I know we didn't play in their game but again we got to be able to put up more than twenty points. We need to be firing all cylinders, getting 30, 40 points up there. And not saying that it has to happen every game, but we need to have the ability to. Right now, I don't feel like we have the ability to score a whole lot after what we saw today. Because if, I mean, we can give the ball to JT all day. Jesus, I love watching him run. I mean, this dude makes it look so easy. But mm. with him running like that, we got to be able to finish. We got to help him out because we know once he gets to the red zone, we they typically know where the ball's going. So everybody else got to be ready to help him out and get the ball, whether it's catching a touchdown or Naheem's running it in or whatever the case is. We all have to do our part to this puzzle to make it to make it complete. But if not, it's just going to be another 1,500-yard season for JT looking like the man and a mediocre year for the Colts. Yeah, I want to echo what you said, Jamal. I, I love covering this team. It's, 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 it's a joy to watch. I was so happy when NFL football was back you know all the one o'clock games hit i was i was switching channels to all of them but you know when you start out that sluggish and and the texans are dogging on you i have i'm not gonna lie to you guys i'm i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything this is what i see i'm trying to be realistic you know i i'm not gonna sit here and say we're gonna win 15 games only take two losses like i'm i'm trying to tell y'all how it is like i am a little worried like this this was not the start I would like to have for the Colts. It's it's shaky right now. I hope we bounce back and we too absolutely blow out the Jaguars. That would be a great statement for us to come back home to the Chiefs. But right now, man, I'm 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 worried. I'm frightened. But look, go Colts. Go Colts. We're gonna bounce back. Look, the Titans lost. The Jags lost. We're still in this AFC South championship. That, that, that's how we got to do it. We just got to win mm-hmm. the AFC South. But go Colts football. That's going to be it for us, everyone. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast today. We release episodes bi-weekly. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back in a few days to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. For sure. Take care, y'all.